after further reveal. What's going on, everyone? Brian, Ben, and Chase back at it again for after further review on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. And you already know it's a big show for us today because this is episode 10. Boys, we made it 10 weeks. Yeah, no, it's super exciting. 10 episodes. Uh, we've tried to be consistent. We hope everyone who's been listening has been enjoying the content and hopefully continue to grow. And we continue to appreciate everyone who's been listening to us. Yeah, I'm hyped we made it here. 10 weeks went so fast and it doesn't even feel like it's been 10 weeks overall, but glad we've been doing it. Looking forward to the episodes coming up. So let's get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited too. Just after we get this show out, just listening back episode one to now. I I just know every week we're continuing to grow and having so much fun. And I mean, it's a great day too. Ben and I already got a baseball catch in. You, you already know we're ready to roll today, boys. Oh yeah. 85 degrees out almost. For sure. For sure. And to start us off, I feel like it's only right that we hop into the NBA right away because new format, exciting week of a bunch of NBA elimination games, which is only a few years old. So super exciting week of basketball and already a couple of games have been exciting. Yeah, no, I don't know if anyone caught that Lakers game last night, but that was a pretty, pretty wild game. And I thought Schroeder hit the three to end it. And then AD fouls, I think it was Conley with 0.1 seconds. So it gives him three shots and they go to OT. But the Lakers came out on top. Timberwolves had that game locked up early, but just shows you what the playoffs are going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, we did do brackets. So don't worry. We got our after further review NBA brackets locked in. Oh, yeah. For those who don't remember last week, we got a little something, something on the line. Just Whoever comes in last has to buy the winner a six-pack of their choice. It can be a mix of six, whatever you like. I'm thinking about some Bud Ice or something right now. It's sounding pretty good to me. Yeah, no, so far we both won a one. We both picked the Lakers to win last night, but we both had the Heat winning. And when Kyle Lowry drops 33 points off the bench and Jimmy Butler has a rough night shooting from the field, it's not – Kyle Lowry is not the guy to carry teams anymore, especially that Miami Heat team. Yeah, the Heat are like the San Diego State of college basketball. They just grind out those wins, but they're not going to score a bunch. No, and they're using analytics all the time. And they yeah. have a fit. They have an extra coach in Adonis Haslam just riding the bench. He's got so many splinters because of how much he sits on that bench. <laughs> they And they could easily lose to whoever wins that Toronto uh, Bulls matchup. Oh, yeah. They looked weak last night, and I don't think anyone actually picked the Hawks anywhere that I saw. From No, and all three you know, of us picked the Heat. Um, I think we had the Hawks as their eight seed, but still, yeah. definitely surprising. Yeah, it's, it's weird because like a few years ago, I'm still salty about them beating the Sixers in the second round of the playoffs when Ben Simmons decided to pass up a layup oh. for a Matisse-style one for two at the line session, <laughs> but... It, but the Hawks roster is pretty similar to what it's been. I mean, they kind of underperformed this year, but it's just annoying because they're, they're really not that good. Like, Clint Capella last night, four points, 0 for 4 from the line. He got 21 rebounds, but nobody on the Heat can rebound, really, because they're all tiny. So it's not yeah. even that great of a stat line for him and – yeah, no, and I look at that team. I mean, they they don't to me they're not as deep as 
like thinking back to when they beat the Knicks in the playoffs. Um, and I mean, they it looked some of their players look better, like Bay Murray, but they like key role players like Kevin Herter, who's been great for the Kings, right? Yeah, the Kings, yeah. yeah. Um, they don't have guys like that. I just don't think they're as deep of a team. And Trey Young isn't him and Luca both are just they're not at the level I think people thought now they would be. Not that they're bad players by any means. They're just not like superstars yet. Little hyped yeah. up young there, did they? Yeah. Yeah. And well, Luke is another story. They're uh tanking they so the Knicks don't get their pick. Got a pull of, you know, save the future for them. I was kind of surprised that they actually just went ahead and like played Luca though. I don't know. At that point, it's like, why even just really hang it up at that point? Like if you're gonna try to just get the pick anyways, like why not even just let it go? Are you how how he sat out like after like quarter two or whatever? Yeah, that like I know game. I that get, was like, really weird. Yeah, like it just I don't know, just seemed like they were like, oh, we're half trying, so we don't get in trouble with the NBA. Well, they announced he was gonna play the first quarter, and that was it. And but then no one else was really gonna play, so they basically announced they were tanking that, so they got the pick, which kind is kind of just... a buns move. It came down to that game. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure we're gonna dive into our brackets here in a second. I just want to quickly. Talk to Ben, the LeBron lover, Ben, that we know he is. And those Lakers teams that they did win a chip in the bubble. But but Ben did pick the Lakers to win last night, which we all did. But Ben also has them winning the first round of the playoffs. And but I just want to quickly like ask for your opinion on that, because this Timberwolves team had Rudy Gobert punching players, Jaden McDaniel punching walls. Anthony Edwards went three for 17 from the field last night and the Lakers squeaked by and you have them winning a series. Yeah. So Edwards looked bad. Uh, I don't think, I don't think he's ready to be that like the Batman yet. I think he's still a number two guy on a winning team. I'm not sure if he's going to develop into that number one guy, but I think right now he's not a number one on like a winning team. Um, The Lakers, I'm just counting on like vintage, healthy Braun and AD to go off <laughs> in that. Um, a, a lot to ask from two guys and one like breakable twig. Oh, yeah. yeah but it's a walking flat tire. Yeah, he is. Like, but I just, I think the Lakers, um, I mean, they started the season two and 10, didn't even seem like they had a shot to get here. And it just feels like they're riding a little bit of, you know, energy. And I mean, Russell, he had a terrible game, but he also has potential to have big games in a playoff series, even if LeBron and Davis don't go off. Um, and it feels like the team's just in a better situation than before. Like I love Russ, but it does seem like they have a good, good team. I mean, Schroeder, if they can get 15 from him and uh, Russell puts up a good game, then. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, no, good points. I was just harping you in a little bit, but they, I mean, they I have... also hate Dylan Brooks. <laughs> I yeah. think anyone who's not a Grizzlies fan hates Dylan Brooks. He is one. He he's worse than Draymond Green. I will I will agree with you. Yeah, I actually want to see Shannon Sharp fight him, legitimately, <laughs> just straight up. Yo, speaking of fighting, do you see Jake the Jake Paul Nate Diaz fight got announced? Oh, that's for real. Did I just get trolled? Is that no, not for real? I saw somebody said like that should be the move, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But is that actually official now? Because if that is, that's actually like a solid fight. Yep, it's on ESPN, set for August 5th in Dallas Damn, at the American Airlines Center. That's a legit fight. 
that um that is actually one i would watch yeah well i'm glad glad nate is held out until this point because he's gonna get some money from this he's gonna get paid good for him yeah yeah he's gonna win too right i hope so He's definitely not getting, getting paid. <laughs> Nate Diaz is not getting knocked out. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's for sure. I don't know. Jake Jake Paul does have power, but anyway, sorry not to get off track. I just the fighting just made me remind reminded me of that. No, but I mean back to the back to the Lakers. I mean they have a classic LeBron team bench. I mean I remember all the hype with like Mo Bamba going there at the trade down line. He oh, didn't yeah. play last night. Lonnie Walker, who's gotten heavy minutes in Los Angeles last two years has kind of fallen out of the rotation. I guess it's kind of just like, uh, kind of like, Oh man, who do you see? Tristan Thompson. <laughs> oh yeah. He just, he just signed with that. I just, I just think that's hilarious that he's back with Braun. I'm uh, sure he oh, won yeah. one with them, with the Cavs team, right? Yeah. I'm sure J.R. Smith, like at least got a text message. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but you never know. I mean, you got LeBron and AD and, yeah. If they both are out playing, they, that's going to be tough, tough for the Grizzlies. But overall, I mean, in general, just looking through our bra- our brackets, it seemed like the East was a lot more what we hope to be predictable. I mean, not necessarily we hope, but what we think is going to be predictable than the West. The West kind of like all over the place because we like talked about all those good teams um, being a lower seed, like the Warriors at that sixth spot and stuff. And yeah. the West is kind of up in the air for sure. Yeah, honestly, I can't believe the Lakers did make it to this spot because LeBron was out for a decent bit of the season. And even still, all the turmoil they had and just games that weren't going that well. AD not even playing, you know, in a decent chunk of the season. So it's surprising that they got to this point. And I mean, they have a tough, tough matchup. And I know that Ben picked the Lakers, but I'm just looking at like, unfortunate for the Kings to get the Warriors first round matchup, mm-hmm. but there's a potential for the Warriors and Grizzlies to rematch in the second round. And I don't remember that series last year, but that got that overly shippy. physical. Like it was, and there's like, you got Draymond Green, Dylan Brooks. Yeah. I mean, Steph Curry can get a little cocky here and there. It, that And that series was bad last year. Yeah, I feel like Jordan everyone Poole. was just like, yeah, everyone was just like getting, half injured every game it was wild yeah that would yeah i mean i have that in my bracket as a matchup but also the kings they had a really good season but sometimes i feel like in the playoffs it's going to be tough to replicate that in such a in like a pressure situation especially against golden state like of course they draw them out of everyone else in the west like the most battle-tested team of the last like 10 years yeah i agree i think any other matchup i mean maybe besides like one, but they they just got a really tough draw. Play hard, and I don't think the Kings are ready for that. They're not going to be yeah. able to put up the same amount of points that they did in the regular season. And just the physicality of it, like I don't think they're going to be able to. Like, I mean, maybe they've obviously been playing them all season, but well, I don't know when Draymond's just kicking you straight in the balls every possession. Like, I feel like that kind of gets old after a while, and I don't know if you can put up with that. No, and there's a there's a few matchups in the West that. Like I think the most intriguing one for me in that first round is a Suns Clippers matchup. If if George is back after game one or two, it's going to be a really good uh, series. I think if he he's out like two games, that Suns might run away with it. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's going to be that's my favorite first round series. To, I mean, besides obviously my 76ers, but 
first, favorite first round series for sure to watch is the Suns and the Clippers because Kawhi is one of those guys that people still sleep on, and he basically carried an old Spurs team and a weird Raptors team to two championships. I mean, Westbrook goes hard, and you got like I know Westbrook came out and said there's no beef between him and KD, but that's definitely a matchup in that series to watch on top of everything yeah. else. You know it's gonna get scrappy right away, and I, I hope injuries don't play a factor in the whole series. I mean, it's a tough ask because a lot of the people playing are injury prone. But yeah, I just hope all the players are out there duking it out. Yeah, actually, that was one of the biggest things I saw because, I mean, with the playoffs being four seven game series and it, the physicality plays a plays a toll, and we always, I mean, we see it happen every year and. But besides, like, Paul George is banged up. Hopefully he can make it back to the first-round series. But going into the playoffs, at least, there's nothing nothing crazy going on. I mean, weirdly enough, we all have the Pelicans winning two playing games to be the A-seed, and mm-hmm. there's a good chance Zion's not playing in yeah. either of them. And, I mean, besides him, Paul George, and if you count Ben Simmons, everyone else is basically going to be playing at least to start of the playoffs. And that's, like, what you hope for an NBA season or going into the playoffs at least. Yeah. And I think that's, that is one thing to look at when you talk about how, like how many seven game series there are in the playoffs. If you minimize some of that, like if you did have maybe a first round five game or something or low or less than that, maybe you would see less injuries and, you know, think about some of these past playoffs that could have been so much different if, you know, a key guy, Chris Paul or something didn't get injured. I just remember the, the Sixers, like, one of their first playoff runs, and they drew the Nets the first round. It kind of reminds me of this Nets team a little bit. I forget who was all on their team. It was, like, probably, like, guys like Jared Bayless and stuff. I don't even know. Oh, but- Jared Dudley. Oh, Jared Dudley. Yes, I hated that guy, bro. The milk dud. Yo, they both were these ball dude with these headbands, too. But, and they were no, I just remember, players. like, I think the Sixers won in five, but it was just frustrating because the Nets were, like, being annoyingly aggressive, especially towards Embiid. And it's just like, like, what was the point of them playing five games when the Sixers, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure they might have even been up 3-0. Yeah. Like, and then the Nets get the one because it's hard to sweep, and then you have to go play another game. And yeah, uh, I, I just, yeah, I just I hope that doesn't happen. I'm, I am a little worried about the matchup just because – like it's not superstars necessarily like you're saying but they're just crappy so i feel like games are going to come down to like the last two minutes and like harden's gonna have to pull them out or Embiid's gonna have to pull them out and i don't know i feel like bridges is about to like show out because i feel like he you know new team playing against his hometown team like it just kind of writes itself yeah i think you guys are probably fine i think you're gonna get through but just as long as they don't look past the Nets and anticipate that Celtics matchup, that's all. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I mean, like we've talked about the Nets all year is they have like probably 10 guys that are like really good role players. I mean, there's some, there's some experience there too. I mean, Cam Thomas and Mikel Bridges, they went to the, the finals on that Suns team. And then Patty Mills won that championship yeah. in San Antonio too. So there's definitely guys that, have been through these long, hard, yeah. you know, grinding playoff games. Because, I mean, the Suns, they were good that year, but I don't know if anyone was like, they're going to make the finals. And they had to grind out some wins. And the Spurs were like that too, especially playing the Heat in the finals way back when. 
Yeah, that's the biggest thing, Ben. You're right. Don't overlook it because, I mean, I'm sure that Celtics Sixers matchup second round is it's going to be where will that be a battle if we get there? But make sure we get there. Yeah. The Nets, they don't not having like a true superstar. I feel like they can play egoless in a way. Like they all just want to win and anyone gets to take the shot at any time. So it's kind of dangerous in a way, you know, you know, you're not sure who it's going to be, who it's coming from, but it can happen at any time. Yeah. And even if you win the series, you hope it doesn't go to like six or seven because you want, you want to be as rested as possible for the Celtics. And if the Celtics, you know, sweep or win in five and you guys go six or seven, then that puts, you know, that's what happened. That's what happened last year too, against the Raptors. I'm pretty sure it ended up going like six or whatever. And it was just Embiid. I remember he was banged up after, and it was just like, oh, here we go again. And it's just, it's frustrating when, like you said, in, in these rounds that, like, do they really need to be a best of seven? I mean, the four or fives are always really good, but it's a it's a toll. Also, back to Kawhi real quick. He's such the poster boy for load management and stuff like that, too. So I feel like this is the time where, like, you get to see if that pays out or not, like, if that actually pays off. Like, everyone has that argument, but... He's literally one of those guys. I feel like that. It yeah. was like it started with him, like that whole like around that time, and then like I don't know if that was just because he had beef with the Spurs at that point, and then with Toronto, like kind of doing the numbers thing. But so this is the time where like I feel like you were saying like people forget about him and like kind of don't give him that spotlight, and then he goes off for like thirty five or something like that in a game. Well, yeah, him and. That first run with the Clippers, him and Paul George, they were doing work, and then he hurt his knee, and they lost that series, I think, against the Nuggets, against Murray and Jokic a few oh, years yeah. ago, if I am if I got that right. But, I mean, just looking at this, I obviously have the Clippers winning that matchup. You both picked the Suns, but regardless of the outcome, we both have either of those teams beating the Nuggets in round two. And so that, that matchup's big. Yeah. I think actually we all have um matchup going to the finals. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So I, I, I sketchily picked the Clippers to go all the way, which they need Paul George to come back and Kawhi to play, but, and you guys both have the Suns, which I mean, with Katie, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, that just shows you what we all think of yeah. the Nuggets. Both. We think both those teams can beat the Nuggets and, it's Jokic and a little bit of Murray, but they don't have. I don't think they yeah, have not the depth deep. or no, they no. don't have the depth. And they're kind of like the weakest one seed I've seen in a while. Like, like you put like what Jokic and Murray against Durant and Paul, or like right. West or George and Kawhi. Like I'll take yeah, what happens when, all day. What happens when Jokic actually does get into foul trouble? Like I know he seems to dance around it, but it's gonna happen in the playoffs. Like people well, are and, gonna put him in spots, and then what do you do? <laughs> And they're another team that I don't think the style of play that they have, they don't have that playoff physicality that wins wins you like tough series. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, the only thing that the Nuggets have going for them right now is being the one seed home court advantage. You're probably going to get a very favorable first round matchup. We're looking at the Thunder, the Pelicans, and the Timberwolves. So you <laughs> think they'll probably sweep, if not go five, Clippers and Suns could go seven and between Paul George already be banged, already being banged up. And, you know, Durant and Chris Paul are, if that game, if that's a physical seven game series, there's teams aren't going to come out their full strength. That's about the only thing the Nuggets have going for them. But I mean, we didn't look that and look into that enough for them to win the second round. But yeah. 
That's also hilarious that we picked the Pelicans because I didn't even factor in Zion to my like my pick. I don't know if you guys did or not, but I was like, I didn't even consider him whether he was playing or not. Like him and Ben Simmons and Kyrie should just form a team somewhere and just be like start it the all bomb team. I mean, I picked him knowing he wasn't going to be probably in for at least those two games, and I'm assuming unless they beat the Nuggets, he probably won't even be in. I don't think he's playing. I mean, they have like a a pretty solid just team, and Ingram and McCollum aren't a bad one-two punch. I mean, McCollum, he was on the Dame team that went to the Western Conference Finals. It's like the Kmart, KD, and Paul. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Dude, I love Ingram, though. Like, he's he, he literally is KD, like, Kmart KD. That like, was always the comparison coming out of yeah. college. KD. Even the way he plays now, it's like, dude, that literally just looks like a drunk KD out there. Like, he takes a lot of, like, 20-footers. And, like, oh, yeah. Right in the spot yeah. where KD would. I just love when he, like, gets going, though. He looks like a bull in a china shop. It's like, oh, this could end ugly. And then he just gets the speed up. And you're like, oh, here we go. And he just jams it. And you're like, damn. Is that KD? <laughs> I love the nah, analogy. Brandon Ingram. Because <laughs> that's literally just how it feels. Like, if you just pull up his play right now on YouTube, if you're like, Brandon Ingram dunk, you know, it's like, oh, what? Oh, oh, damn, this guy can move that quick. For this franchise and major Yeah, I mean, pending pending the OKC game tonight, which I think they should win, and then you have the weird Timberwolves who they the Timberwolves will be getting Rudy Gobert back, and I mean, uh, does it matter? I mean, just think of how much the Timberwolves gave up for him. He's got to <laughs> he's got to show up, right? I mean, how many times did he win Defensive Player or uh, what was his award that he just? Yeah, Defensive Player of the Year. I think yeah. he won. Twice. Simmons should have won one of those years, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I hate to so. say it, but he should have. Classic Sixers getting snubs. Honestly, there is a video, though, on Twitter that's circulating of Ben Simmons in his first two years, and it's a wildly different person that was playing basketball then. I wonder, do you, you, you probably know a lot more than I do, Chase. Like, what if there's something else that happened, like, besides an injury, like personal uh, issues? Like, I think, well, there was some stuff going on with his family. I know that there was like okay. a bunch of weird, like, accusations going on between his sister and like his half brother but there was just like some drama there but i think also he just like isn't that type of like a person to be like have like the killer instinct to be like i want to be the best like after his first season of college basketball he dropped out essentially from lsu knew he's going to be the number one pick one here and then was just like had brett brown expecting him to baby him like the entire time and then I think he just got in this mode of like thinking that he was just going to ascend to be this great basketball player and not have to do all the things that were part of that. And he was at, at LSU. I just remember there were times he was dogging it. He would get benched even playing yeah. in LSU. And that team didn't even make the tournament that year. No. Yeah, that was the thing. He literally just, they didn't make the tournament. He was just gone. Like, I don't even think he went to another class after. I don't even know if he ever actually went to class anyways, but like, I don't know if he was like, he definitely wasn't there for the spring. No, and you and you also you also remember what happened to Ben Simmons, right, Ben? He dated Kendall Jenner, and there was uh, the city of Philadelphia was even starting petitions not to have her at games because she they said that he was kind of being cursed from it, some weird Kardashian curse. He tried to fake a COVID exposure during the Atlanta series and like fake back surgeries, allegedly. I don't know if that's true or not, but allegedly. yeah. The real question is: Is Ben Simmons now retired? Are we breaking the news here? And after further review, I don't know. How can you play him? Like, 
like it was a joke that he was gonna play in china but i'm like i i don't know if that's a joke anymore <laughs> he might just be with jimmer for dead next season go go and play it with dwight howard just be yeah. straight oh dude i bet dwight howard is loving it in thailand <laughs> also because there was that rumor about dwight howard and then he went <laughs> to thailand and i was like oh maybe it's actually true shout yeah. out to dwight howard catch him at disneyland next time Oh yeah, Dwight Howard back to Disneyland. Oh my god. No, I mean we won't we won't see Ben Simmons in the in the Brooklyn series. And just just real quick looking at the Knicks Cavs, all three of us pick your Knicks, Ben, to win in the first round. And I feel like they have what it takes. And this is where Thibodeau's actually good because you like the smaller the smaller rotations in these playoff series. Yeah, I mean, I hope we get the win here, um, but I, I can't ask for a better matchup, at least. The Cavs, I think, definitely give the Knicks a good chance to get um, around one win, looking at those top four especially. And I think the Knicks thought, too, in the offseason, they were going to get Donovan Mitchell just because mm-hmm. he's from New York and everything, and it seemed like the Knicks were willing to maybe put together a package. But instead, he went to the Cavs, and now they get a, a nice uh, nice matchup. Can get it done. Yeah, I like their chances. I think the Cavs are a nice team. Like, I think they have a lot of nice pieces, but I also don't feel like they're ready for the height of the playoffs either. And for the Knicks, like, I feel like they just have a little bit more experience going in and obviously a head coach that has a bunch of experience in the playoffs. So I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I think they're going to the Cavs, but I think he's going to make, you know, that team's going to be tough, just kind of a gritty team in the playoffs and play physical and hard. Um, so I think he's going to have them really, really ready to go. And someone like Julius Randle is going to be lowering his shoulders every chance he gets. Yeah, it's definitely a different style of basketball, too. Like, I think I factored that into a little bit of my picks where, like, during the regular season, I feel like some guys don't really, you know, have it at 100%. But in the playoffs, some of these guys just absolutely change. And there's those annoying guys during a series that, make the key rebound or get the key block or make a steal when it matters or get a foul on somebody and put them into trouble. So, yeah. And I mean, they had that first round exit against the the Hawks last year, classic, the same Hawks team. The Hawks won that series four one actually, but I feel like this is going to be one of their series. It's going to be a classic Knicks series. It's probably going to go six or seven. And I don't know. Yeah. They just have more guys that can make shots, especially towards the end of the game. Not afraid to either. Yeah, I mean, if they win the series, that'd be that'd be great. Um, but I don't honestly think either team was going to get past the Bucks, no matter who wins. So it'd be nice to get that first round matchup and kind of build on that for next year. But yeah, yeah, what the heck? The Bucks might have the easiest road to the conference finals. I mean, you only have to win two playoff series, but they're gonna get they're gonna win their first round and the second round. I don't see them losing to anyone um unlike the the west though the east then you have the bucks getting past the 76ers in the conference finals and chase you and me had to, we had to go homer picks we had to pick yeah. the sixes going to our finals i did have them beating the celtics though so oh that's right that. okay so yeah. we all have the sixers making the conference finals and yeah i mean i don't even want to overlook the nets either but yeah that would be so not only getting over the second round hump, but doing it against the team that's knocked us out twice in the last four years. Boy, would that feel good. Oh, yeah. I feel like they're they're built. 
better than they have been in the past few years. I'm not going to say they're built to their best ability because I feel like there's still areas, but I feel like going into another matchup with the Bucks that they have a better shot because of who they have. And just having James Harden on the court too is definitely an X factor for them. Yeah, and with that matchup, um, I mean, since we all picked the Sixers, we actually all have the same Final Four besides Chase and I have the Suns and Ryan has the Warriors. Clippers, I mean, the Clippers, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's that's crazy. That's crazy because, I mean, the Celtic Sixers, obviously, Chase and I am probably more going homer. But yeah. the fact where there's so much unpredictability this year, I mean, Bucks, Sixers, and Warriors – one, three, and six, and then we have the four, the five coming out. So, I mean, obviously, it's a lot different than March Madness, but we do have a nice variety of of seeds coming through, and uh, it's going to be exciting for sure. And I, I'm pumped for this weekend with just a bunch of competitive games every day. Yeah, so going off uh, the weekend, uh, we actually have a pretty nice UFC card this weekend with uh, Holloway and Allen and a crazy card last weekend too. Yeah. UFC 287 in the books. Israel Adesanya, his rematch against uh, Pereira. And uh, going into the fight, Israel, uh, you know, Izzy was the favorite. And uh, I I know we talked about it last week. We were both kind of surprised by that, especially considering the way that Alex Pereira fought, you know, Izzy in the last few fights. Um, Obviously knocked him out in kickboxing, knocked him out in the UFC. So... Two times in a row, I mean, it's a pretty good assumption that, okay, maybe there's something here, but he went out and proved us all wrong, knocked out Pereira early too, not just later, like it wasn't a fifth-round knockout. He got to him early and looked convincing the entire time doing it. Yeah, I could not, I was watching, um, and I just could not believe Pereira did not respect Adesanya's power at all. He was just walking him down, and it seemed like he was landing shots, and then Adesanya just rocked him. And then rocked, it looked like he rocked him again with the left hand, and then just a follow-up right just put him down. Yeah, he unloaded on him. Um, one of, like, the best celebrations I've ever seen, too. Yeah, two icon. This is crazy that we got two iconic like moments in the last few weeks with Leon Edwards holding up, uh, you know, his handgun to Kamara Usman, and then Izzy pulling out Pereira's, uh, you know, move basically like his finishing move, and then doing a celebration. I mean, that was pretty intense. And then trolling his twelve-year-old kid at in the same time. I mean, that was like he yeah, just that checked was... out, like classic Izzy just checking off a bunch of stuff at once like oh you didn't think I could do this this or this and I just did it all yeah and we'll see if Perea moves up now but I mean I think everyone would be excited to see a third fight in the UFC with those those two also yeah but uh and it's tough for Pereira. he does cut a ton of weight to make it down I mean he starts weeks in advance to get yeah. the weight down so that's a hard thing to do and then to gain it all back in 24 hours and be in the cage 20 to 30 pounds heavier than you were the day before. I mean, that's, that's too much of a change. Israel just walks into the cage at 185. He doesn't do anything. Doesn't have to cut anything. Doesn't, you know, that is his natural weight. So it's pretty crazy that, um, you know, he has to cut so much weight to make it to that division, but I would be interested in a third fight. I feel like he's going to move up and obviously he could probably challenge for the belt right away. Yeah. And I, I'm wondering almost too, if, I did has a uh, Kamza moved up yet? Do we know or not? I don't know. I actually haven't heard anything about that, but okay. I know the Pereira Kamza. I mean, that just 
How can you not do that? I feel like Hamza could still even do. They could. They can make a catch weight bout somewhere in there. I don't know. Yeah, they but if, per- it out. if Perea moves up to light heavyweight, he could easily beat Hill. I think. I think oh, yeah. not easily, but he could definitely beat Hill. And oh, I'm sure. And even the other challengers in that division, I'm pretty sure he can do some damage to all of them. Blahovich, yeah. that would be a tough one, but the I only, still feel like he could do it. Yeah, we'll see how Yuri looks after he returns from his pretty major surgery. But if he's like how he looked before, he's he'd be a tough matchup he's for any of those guys also. Yeah, but I I feel like they're going to book Jamal Hill and Pereira, and he's going he's gonna to win that fight. I just don't see how Jamal Hill could stop that onslaught, especially now he's focused on something. He's moving up in weight, doesn't have to cut as much. Realize the loss to Izzy is obviously embarrassing because you're on a three-fight win streak against this guy, and convincingly so. And then you went out and just got KO'd hard in the second round. So we'll see. I feel like he's going to come out and just beat lights out. Hopefully it doesn't turn into like Calvin Gastelum. No one gets a loss in there. And then he just wobbly legs from here on out. That's true. Although Gastelum, I was, was about to say Gastelum had a nice win. He got a bonus yeah. too. A yeah. fight of the night bonus. And he had a nice win. So who knows? He'll get yeah. a, he might so get a. makes up for his 25 canceled bouts over the last two years and missing weight and like two of those. Yeah, no, I agree, Chase. And just with that, the card in general, I mean, we didn't, we haven't even talked about the co-main yet with Gilbert Burns and Masvidal. Um, so many storylines after the fight was over. You have Masvidal retiring. You have Burns setting himself up now for a, a top, top uh, spot in that welterweight division. Yeah, he I should get a you know a title fight here soon. But it seemed like Masvidal, in a way, was planning for this, and you know has his promotion now, and he's putting on fights. So. I think as long as he could get a win, he was going to stay. And Gilbert Burns, I mean, that's a tough matchup. It's not like he was just going out there versus like uh, Nate Diaz or somebody like that, you know, somebody that's really in there competing at the top, you know, is it can uh, challenge a title challenger. So, you know, it's a tough matchup and he got the brunt of that all from Gilbert Burns. Yeah, and that welterweight division is just so stacked. I, I cannot wait to see the fights that they make. I think any fights in that top six is going to be a ex- super exciting fight and could be a UFC fight night main event. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Leon really kind of came out of nowhere to take hold of the division. And, you know, now it's kind of up in the air for Usman. And, you know, but all these people are ready and they can go for a title at any moment. So. Next week, we also have a, a nice car with Holloway. Anytime Holloway's on a card, it's always a good one. Yeah, it's tough because I don't want either of these guys to have a loss on their record, but one of them's going to leave with a loss. And it's tough because Holloway always just seems to be taking fights, even though they may not be a person who's necessarily, you know, a, you know, a title eliminator in a way. You know, he just seems to take people to be active and he's not afraid to take on, you know, up and coming people especially at a time when he took on Calvin Cater. I mean, he wasn't a rookie at that point, but I mean, he dismantled him with his boxing in that match. And, you know, so for Max Holloway, I feel like he just does this to keep his name out there to stay relevant, you know, and have big, still big wins, even though they might be younger guys. Yeah. And he's always an exciting fighter to watch in the octagon. And even if he can just co co, uh, you know, he's the headline for a UFC fight night. That's still a, a big fight for him. And you're right. He, I think is one of those guys that just takes fights and likes to fight and just he's been in the UFC so long at this point. It's pretty 
bonkers. Yeah. I mean, he's. I think he started fighting for the UFC when he was 18. Like, he literally couldn't be in the casinos that they were fighting in for, you know, some of his matches. So, yeah, it's crazy. He just, I don't, I feel like some people have a, you know, a scheme to what they're doing and they only want certain people. But for Holloway, it's just like, I don't know, whoever, whenever, doesn't matter because that's just, he's confident he's going to get the win either way. So, Hey, at the end of the day, the more ones you have is the better. So, and the UFC can always just, he's always putting himself out there because yeah, it may not be, you know, like we're saying, but he's just always right there and can always fight for a title because he's active. He's current, you know, puts out really good results when he does fight. So doesn't seem to be any sort of decline. And he was going against Alexander Volkanovsky, who was like, you know, might be one of the greater, you know, champs of this generation. So it wasn't like he was just losing to someone who lost the belt right away, who, you know, he went up against them and whether or not the decisions went in his favor, you know, that's up to you, but the judges saw it in Volkanovsky's favor. So, but Holloway, I mean, if Volkanovsky was gone, he'd still be champ right now. And he might be the longest reigning champ in the UFC because of that. Yeah. I was going to say you could easily, at least one of those fights put Holloway's way. I, I had, I think that first one, I thought Holloway won that fight. Yeah. But Volkanovski, I mean, especially after the what he did with Makachev, I, I think yeah. he's pound for pound top three. Yeah, top at two divisions, you know, 145 and 155. That's a tough. The both of those divisions, we were just talking about Welterweight being loaded, but yeah. just take a, take a step down to those two divisions, and it's even tougher in the top 15. I mean, all those guys, if you have right. a number, it's for a legitimate reason. It's not just because the bottom of the, you know, the rankings are low. It's legitimately people are being fit number 15 would you know that's something special when you're a featherweight or lightweight yeah no you're right chase you're right and i mean the ufc in general is in a great spot right now um and you know but you know who else is in a great spot right now the rays oh yeah they're an absolute wagon yeah they are undefeated 11 and 0 as of right now What's the major league record for an unbeaten star? That's a good question. We're gonna have to get a stack eye on that. I think so it's the like... major the major league record to start a season undefeated. Two teams started thirteen and zero: the eighty-seven Brewers and the eighty-two Braves. Uh-huh. Also, the nineteen eighty-one A's started eleven and zero, and now the Rays too. And now they're... the yeah, now the Rays and they're winning well. six to one as we're recording this. Tonight. Did any of those teams win? A championship. Obviously, Ooh, they won games. But, I don't believe yeah, the 87 Brewers won that year. I'm pretty confident about that. Also, I'm interested to know who was on that athletics team. Oh, yeah. Oh, Let's do a here deep dive. We go. Yeah, here we go. No, the 87 Brewers and the 82 no, 87 Braves. Brewers, yeah. So, in 87, the Minnesota Twins beat the Cardinals. And then in 82, the Cardinals beat the Brewers. I think. No. Two. Oh, my mistake. But that's crazy. In an 11-0 start, I saw the longest winning streak ever was the New York Giants in 1916. They won 26 straight. And also, technically, before the MLB started, sorry, this is just a rabbit hole now, but there actually was one team before the MLB started to go undefeated, and it was the 1869 Cincinnati Red Stockings. (laughs) They went 67-0. And 57 of those games were against National Association of Baseball Players Clubs. So 10 of their wins that year, I guess, were against 
teams that didn't even play in the league back then. Just a rabbit hole stats. But no, the I mean, the Rays are two wins away from the greatest start. 13-0, best start ever to a season. So here we go with the Rays again, Ben. They're setting themselves up to have a really good regular season um, and a good division, and we'll see if they can keep it going. Yeah, I mean, you just, you just look at that lineup and the product they put out every day, and it's just the Rays just do Rays things. It's just pretty crazy what they get out of each player, and they just get the best out of each player every day. Like, you have guys, Yandy Diaz, yeah, who are performing at all-star levels, who was bounced around the league for forever, and just guys who are really performing. And Wander Franco, I mean, hard to talk about the Rays without him. Um, and even Springs, the pitcher for them, I mean, they – they're just getting contributions from everywhere. Cy Young pick in the AL, Shane McClanahan, has been doing work so far. Two games, two wins, two quality starts. And, yeah, the overall team is just – it's insane. I've, I've never experienced something like this, obviously, the last time it happened when the 80s. So. Yeah, but the Rays, I mean, a historic start <laughs> and just going off some of these, uh, these other teams at the top. I mean, the Rangers still atop the West. Mets – Doing okay. Phil's struggling a little bit, but your Cardinals, Ryan, not uh, not doing as hot as we thought. No, they're not. The Pirates and the Cubbies right now both over 500, which game-changing start to the NL Central that I thought was going to be an easy sweep through for the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, ben, your your athletics picks looking pretty money. They're two and nine. They've lost six in a row. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing oh, pretty yeah. bad, and Chase's O's pick. Chase, they're they're hanging in there. They're above five hundred right now, and won a couple games in a row. They just got the Rays, who are red hot, and obviously the Yankees and the Blue Jays are. Even the Red Sox haven't started off starting off that bad. So AL East is definitely competitive as ever, which is expected as the AL East. Yeah, and. Touching on the, actually the AL West quick, I saw Corey Seager's now out for four weeks for the Rangers. Uh, so that's going to be pretty uh, detrimental for them and just trying to stay up top, which, I mean, if the Angels continue to play well, that's a tough top four in that division. Yeah, that was the person I was thinking of was uh, Seager being out for four weeks with Gallo. But that's crazy. That's a, I mean, it's tough sliding right now. And with the Phillies too, I feel like they're just trying to figure it out. Obviously, some blow injury blows right away to start off the year so just trying to navigate that and nola and wheeler don't really seem to have their sharpness to them and for nola this is a big year because he turned he shut down contract uh negotiations so he wants to bet on himself for the year and the way he's pitching right now it's not very good to come out and just not be able to locate your pitches and have the same bite on some of them and break you know on his breaking pitches so it's been a rocky start for sure. They have the one series win against the Reds, which they should win that series. They haven't won another series yet. Nola's 0-2. The back end of the bullpen has been shaky, still trying to figure out some solidness in there. Like, is it Alvarado, Dominguez, Kimbrell? Like, um, it's been a little bit of mixing and matching, and not everyone's had their best stuff yet. And, Chase, you called it the Marlins – they're a scrappy team, and they have some straight raw talent. Yeah, I know, and Arias really caps it off for them. I mean, especially hitting for the cycle, first time in Marlins history that he that of course, and of course, it's him, the batting champ last year, and 
He just had his way with the Phillies last night. Everything he was swinging at was working. He was he was getting ahead in counts, you know, had a nine pitch at bat the night before. So it's not just the fact he hits all the balls. He really works the counts, too. So, I mean, he just does damage to the pitchers in so many ways. Yeah, and, I mean, he he's a hitter you do not see in this day and age in the MLB, and it's really cool to see a guy who hits for average. He's probably not going to hit. 10 home run, maybe he'll hit 10 home runs, but he's just going to hit the ball and he's going to hit it hard somewhere every time up. And he's going to be a tough out if you get him out. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I mean, one thing I wanted to touch on for you guys, it feels, I mean, there is one bright spot. Bryson Stott has had a pretty solid start to the year. I mean, he's just, he's getting a lot of singles, but I mean, he's, he's hitting the ball pretty well when he's up there. Yeah. Had a huge double today and he seems to, I mean, I never thought he'd be our leadoff hitter. We literally gave $300 million to Trey Turner to be our leadoff. And Bryce Assad's been leading off for us for the past few days. And obviously injuries play a role into that. But yeah, he's really just seeing the ball well and working at bats. And we saw it in the playoff run last year. It really wasn't translating average wise and he wasn't getting a lot of hits, but he was working a lot of counts, getting on base, you know, through walks and stuff like that. But, you know, this year the, the offense is there. He's been you know solid defensively but definitely a bright spot like you're saying really happy with the way Bryson Stott's been able to start off the season I mean overall Stott's been good Stottsy but the Stottsman yeah so that's that's exciting and it's nice um more comfortable second base position for him too you know it's a great nickname for him remember that wrestler Scotty too hottie oh my gosh too hottie yeah Yo, he should dye his hair like beach blonde and yeah, frosted <laughs> tips. Yeah. And just have like a like a cut in goatee beard thing going. Oh yeah, my I think gosh. he could do that. I think he yeah, could he, rock that. He for sure could rock it. Yeah. And he's already, I mean, he had the walk up song last year that everyone loved. And yep. so he's he's becoming a fan favorite quick. Which that is a good bright spot. We just gotta start winning some of these series because the NL East is not going to slow down in their categories. But also, Chase, I just wanted to quickly touch on because I was looking at our MLB preseason brackets that you had the Diamondbacks and the Padres making the playoffs out of the NL West and the Dodgers missing it. And right now, it's early. It's early. (laughs) It's early. It's early, but Chase... Chase the Diamondbacks, like you called it, they're eight and five right now. Yeah, they're really just slopping up on all these teams. You know, they're getting early wins. Which, hey, you know what? At the end of the year, those wins could come back to really, you know, be the factor in some of their games. But I kind of figured that they would kind of get into shootouts with some of these teams, and they've got unexpected performances out of their bullpens and from some of their starters. So, yeah, it's definitely early, but kind of maybe a little hindsight by me that I completely left the Dodgers out of the playoffs, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. The crazy part is, is so they've, they're eight and five out of those 13 games they played in the beginning of the season. Eight of them have been against the Dodgers and they've gone five and three, which is a lot. Start. That's a really good divisional win. I mean, they and, th- and the other ones against the Padres and Brewers, all potential playoff teams. So they, they yeah. have not played any slouches. They just, I, I think you get to a point with some of these younger teams, like the Orioles too, where they just get people out there that are just going to compete and just step up and make a play when people don't think they can. Way too early uh, picking a part of the standings, but. 
<laughs> yeah, no, the MLB is a is a long season, and um, but I mean, it's you know, baseball's back, and you know, we're seeing everything full effect. Got uh, the polar yeah. bear leading the uh, MLB in home runs so far, so I'd like to see that. Classic. Um, oh, but also real quick with the Dodgers, they aren't the same Dodgers team either. Like they do have a bunch of injuries to people. You know, Gavin Lux is out. I don't even think that um, Bueller, is he going to pitch this year? Is he like kind of out for the year too? Who? Walker Bueller. I think he's out for a chunk. Like, yeah. So, I mean, they do have at least, I think. Yeah. So they do have like some people missing from their lineup that. Hey, maybe if they don't always trade all their prospects. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you don't give away O'Neill Cruz all the time. And Jordan Alvarez. Walker Bueller, by the way, he's he's in rough shape. I don't know if he's going to come back this year. He's literally just been an analyst for MLB for like the last year. I feel like, I feel like the only time I see him, he's wearing a suit and tie, doing baseball coverage, talking about yeah. pitching. You want me to go? All right. No, it is crazy because the Dodgers have started off six and six, but they have a plus. 19 run differential which is best in the national league so what's the phillies right now minus 15 which classic and they just literally just had a 14 run game the other night or whatever (laughs) (laughs) so really that number is really inflated for them yeah they had a nice like 14 to 3 wins (laughs) yeah that's literally what i said after the game i was like well this looks good on their run differential but pretty much nothing else matters well that rangers series really did you guys in for that part but yeah true no i just think the dodgers that rain might have a year or two left and i think I mean, Kershaw is getting older, and I think a lot of those key pieces, you know, they just they they don't have the pitching, and they have bloated contracts all over the place too, which aren't helping anything. Yeah, I, th- I, I think mean, that's why they have to give away some of their prospects now. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, having Mookie and Freddie Freeman in the same lineup is you guys are going to always be competitive, but yeah, it doesn't always work. No, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy because when we grew up, I feel like maybe I'm just not remembering it clearly, but it was more like the Giants were like the team to beat out of that division. And I mean, now seeing the Dodgers being this good for years, they remind me of like the National League version of the Yankees, basically. Yeah. They always seem to get all the best free agents. They have a ton of money. But I mean, they weren't good for a while. And yeah, I mean, maybe it's possible that within a couple of years, the rain ends. I'm a little supply- surprised. Kershaw's only 35. I felt like he would have been older Damn. than that. I guess he seems just like he's 45. Yeah. I just don't think, I think even 35, you can't expect to, you know, there's very mm-hmm. few cases of guys who are pitching past that and pitching really effectively. Obviously Verlander and Scherzer are two. I wouldn't, DeGrom's 34, but I wouldn't put him in the same category. He didn't start pitching in the major league level until he's 28. Yeah. Kershaw's got a lot of miles on him right yeah, now. Kershaw's and a he was lot. a power pitcher too. And DeGrom so. was a shortstop in college. So he does not have and he's had Tommy John already. So he had a lot left on his arm, I think. Kers- yeah. Kershaw has been, been in some deep playoff runs. Like Bumgarner got destroyed from some of those oh, deep yeah. nine playoff runs. Like he's just not the same pitcher anymore. <laughs> hey, him and Tim Lincecum just got drained <laughs> from those playoff runs. Yeah, but they were he, winning like they, every other year. It was did. it was worth 2008, it. 2010, 2012, I think, right? I think yeah. those years. something like 10, that, yeah. 10, 12, 14. 10, 12, 14. And I think because the Cardinals were like 11 and 13 or something weird in there. It was like – Or 2008. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was 10, 12, 14 with the Giants. 
What was but, there's that crazy stat from Bumgarner in one of those playoff runs? Like I forget what it is, but he has like a save, like so many innings. Do you know you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I forget it what was, that is. I think they might have been a wild card team to start because we were like, I forget who made the wild card game, and we're like, oh, they made the playoffs, but it's like, oh, they gotta go against Bumgarner, and Bumgarner pitched lights out in that game. Yeah. He literally he literally started like most of their games and was like closing out some of the other ones. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, he it was probably 2014. He pitched 52.2 innings and finished (gasps) 52.2 innings in the playoffs with a 1.03 ERA. Dude, that is ridiculous. 50 innings is a career 102 innings in the playoffs with a 2.11 ERA. What is Kershaw's number in the playoffs? It's definitely not that. Definitely a lot worse. Yo, he pitched 52 innings. In one postseason. And he gave up six earned runs, Chase. That playoffs. That has to be the run. He also had a save in one of those things because I think he closed out their last game in the World Series. Yeah, and we're looking at Kershaw now here, and he's got um, 194 innings in the playoffs total, Um, 4.22 ERA. So, I mean, he had he's had two years where he had a above seven last year in the playoffs. He only had one start, but it was a 5.40 ERA. Damn. Yeah, I know he's always had that playoff thing surround him where he wasn't really lock it down. His best year, pretty much best year, was like the COVID year. So. Of course. I feel like anyone who had a great year during the COVID year, like, kind of doesn't count. He was – I mean, he was probably well-rested for the playoff run. Yeah, how many games did they play that season? Like, 30? I think 60. 60, yeah. And And he had 30 innings in the playoffs. So, that's true. He was definitely well-rested. Yeah, that's basically regular season for him. Yeah, 60 and you play every – he probably only pitched, like, 10 to 12 times. Yeah. That's probably ideal for him. We go from – Talking, I guess we're still relevant. We, this isn't a rabbit hole. This isn't your normal after further review rabbit hole. Yeah, no, I mean, and at the end of the day, the Dodgers just, you know, they're, they're, they're going to do well, and I'm sure they're going to make the playoffs and at least get to the wild card. But it's it's cool to see these new teams and just um, some of these young players producing at, at a much higher level. And, you know, someone's going to take the reins at some point um, with the Dodgers and, yeah, and I mean the biggest factor right now is the race. So, and I'm I'm kind of rooting for them. I don't, I mean the AL, AL East has you know teams like the Yankees. I don't really care much about the Blue Jays. Ben hates the Orioles, so I don't hate the Orioles. <laughs> oh, here we go again. Oh, here we go. But no, but so we're rooting for this Rays record. It's it's cool if they can get to 14. I mean they got a they got a chance the way their team <laughs> operates. So. Yeah, and you just hope more fans come to the game. I mean, I know – I'm sure you saw Chase maybe with Salt Lake City um, potentially being a landing spot for the MLB. Yeah. But you just – it's – I saw one of the Rays games the other day just didn't – like there were hardly any fans there. And, I mean, this team's 11-0 doing historic things. That's a shame of it too is how successful the Rays are and they have a terrible stadium. Their fan base is awful. Like, no one really cares about the Rays, mostly because the Lightning do really well, too, and people will watch hockey over the Rays any day of the week. So that's tough because, you know, they're really talented. If they were in any other city, I mean, if the the Yankees were undefeated right now, ESPN would be unloading every second they could, you know, or if one of the other teams that, you know, they just 
ride constantly was doing that, but obviously the raids they can do it, but it's just it doesn't seem like it's as much as it could be. Yeah, no, agreed. And with the win tonight, uh, they should be twelve and zero. And you know, by the time we do this next pot, the next podcast, who knows what they're going to be. Um, but on that note, you know, we really appreciate everyone watching. Yeah, no, and I just want to, you know, before we end this podcast, I just want to let everyone know we're actually also on Apple on Amazon Music now. Um, so everyone could find after further review on Amazon Music. Quickly, actually, just to touch on Chase, I saw in the news with the Ravens, Odell Beckham, pretty big signing. What are your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, huge signing for the Ravens and probably the most established wide receiver that they've had in the building since Anquan Bolden and Torrey Smith. And that's almost reaching 10 years ago now. So for the Ravens, this move somewhat unexpected in a way. I mean, there was obviously contact but for the part. He was talking with the Jets and, you know, possibly other teams that were, you know, looking for his services. But so this is a piece to a larger puzzle for the NFL. I mean, Lamar Jackson was kind of a big subject of discussion for the NFL, whether he was going to be traded or not. Yeah. The Ravens, this is a huge opportunity for them to bring in a top wide receiver. Obviously Odell hasn't been playing in the league for last year, but two years removed from an ACL injury. And that seems to be a major point of emphasis for people coming back, whether or not they're healthy enough and being able to put up good numbers too. So for the Ravens, this is a big opportunity. And leading into this whole situation, Lamar Jackson was kind of a big puzzle piece with the NFL, whether or not the draft was, if he's going to be traded or not. And if so, if for what kind of draft compensation, and he was also signed to the lower exclusive tag at 35 million instead of 45 million. So that money that was saved by not signing him to the extra 10 million ended up being rolled over into Odell Beckham. So a move that I, at the time, a month ago, I thought it was a little odd and didn't really make a lot of sense because Lamar could sign a tender with another team and they can match it and only get two first-round picks. Didn't really seem like a lot of compensation, but it turns out no one in the league wants to deal with Lamar, so the Ravens have a good opportunity. Lamar was apparently recruiting Odell, so Odell had some interest in coming here. You know, For the most part, I feel like Lamar and Odell is going to be a good combination. The combination also with Todd Monken being the new offensive coordinator for the Ravens. He has previous experience with Odell and wanted him from their time in Cleveland. So big move for the Ravens, big puzzle pieces to fall. Lamar obviously seems like he's going to come back to the Ravens, whether that's a one-year deal, two-year deal, or a three-year deal. I think you'll see him back playing for the Ravens next season with Odell Beckham, two years removed from a major surgery. And if he stayed healthy in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, he probably would have been MVP. Um, you know, based off his stats and where he was going and the way that the Bengals can just couldn't stop him at that point. And obviously the Rams at Cooper cup, a formidable offense on the field at that point. But nonetheless, he leaves there, comes to the Ravens to join Lamar Jackson in an effort to make the playoffs, both gambling on themselves on one year deals potentially. So as a Ravens fan, I'll take any kind of gamble as long as it ends up with the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, this is crazy. Right. Cause I mean, it's kind of been a really rocky Lamar Jackson roller coaster. Last two years, he's been injured a bunch. They had like minimal playoff, you know, wins the past couple of seasons. Um, both your top two running backs have major knee injuries in the beginning of last year, too. So now all of a sudden, you got Lamar coming back. Your top two running backs are a full year removed from their knee injuries. Odell Beckham's two years removed. Everyone should be – I mean, a lot can happen in a football season, right? But 
it's kind of been like a 180 for the Ravens. And I'm sure that's like exciting for the fans of Baltimore and you chase, especially because there's still uncertainty in Pittsburgh, the Browns. I mean, until Deshaun Watson starts to win anything, they're unproven themselves. So it, you kind of got like a mini two horse race here between them and the Bengals out of nowhere. Like, and so that's exciting for, for Ravens fans. And if they can have a decent season, maybe all this past two year, you know, Bull crap kind of goes away. Yeah. Yeah. And the face of facts, Lamar has only been out there for like 11 games, I think over two seasons, hasn't been in the playoffs. And it's really exciting because the Ravens do have a lot of playmakers. They have Mark Andrews, they have Odell, they have JK Dobbins, they have Gus Edwards, they have Isaiah likely as a backup tight end who in different games last year shined whenever Greg Roman wanted to utilize him. So as the new offensive coordinator comes in and wants to put the best pieces on the field and put them in good situations. I feel like the Ravens are, you know, if you're into fantasy football, I would buy high on some of these Ravens players because I feel like they're going to be put in really good spots to make big plays, especially with Odell being on the field. I feel like that just makes a big difference. Since you just touched on your Ravens, I'll just quickly, uh, when is Aaron Rodgers going to sign with the Jets? Yeah, <laughs> when I, is I feel like it's going to happen like closer to the draft, honestly. It's just, it's been so dragged out at this point. It's just like, bro, just make a decision. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because Odell now has turned down an opportunity with the Jets twice, or not with the Jets, but with Aaron Rodgers twice. He had a chance with the Packers and then with the Jets and didn't you know see fit to go with them obviously it was going to be a little bit lower he got 15 million from the ravens guaranteed and up to 18 in incentives so i don't think the jets had enough room and honestly if you look at it he would have been the number three in new york where he or as he's the number one in baltimore so i feel like that's also a sticking point where he got more money and he's the number one versus he would have got less money and he's sitting behind garrett wilson and yeah, and you know, just before we end the podcast here, we did have a couple questions on Instagram, and we are gonna just look at these uh, live on the podcast. You haven't even looked at them yet. I have not looked at them yet. Whole oh, cold I turkey. I like it. I love it. No pre-screen questions. We're just gonna right into it. All right. So first off, Julia, my wife, has asked how we're feeling about our postseason predictions in baseball now that the season has started. I'll lead off. I feel pretty good. I have the Dodgers out, but obviously if I'm going by the standings right now, you can lock it in tomorrow. I might feel a little different, but I feel pretty solid. Mine's looking like an absolute garbage can right now. My final four, the Dodgers currently out, the Phillies currently out, the Orioles currently out and the Astros might be currently out. <laughs> so <laughs> a little sus for me. It's early, I guess. I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about my Rangers and Rays picks um, to win their division. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, yeah, Dodgers, not they're my team to win. So I think with the run differential, it'll be fine. But it's early. But yeah, feeling okay. Um, and then one more question here. So she saw this in a game and asked me what it was. And she asked what a slutter is. Oh, Have you guys seen that? Yeah. A slutter? Yes. It's like a new it's like a new term for the slider, right? Yeah, so it was put on the Braves scoreboard for Wilson, I think was the reliever and they called it a slutter and like Jeff Francoeur who's the announcer was feeling a little weird like he like didn't want to say it but that's what actually what they put on the scoreboard like as the pitch. Yeah. So is that a slider and a cutter? Yeah. No, I know the first person who used to use that but like they never actually called it that in a game was Jake Arrieta. 
Oh really? Oh, yeah, interesting. It was like one of the first persons. First so it's people. so it's it's not a new pitch, but they've never actually like acknowledged it. Like it's never like to see it on a score like a, a yeah like a pitch on a scoreboard at a game. I don't think they've ever done that before. Yeah, I feel like they just kept calling it a slider, and now they're being like more specific. Yeah, I feel like does the MLB always have to go this hard with like everything? I mean, like I mean, I get that. I mean, just call it like a screwball or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was well, pretty weird though, because that's never like I was I saw that and I was pretty surprised. Yeah. No, that's I've I'm actually kind of surprised they're going f- through with the two. But I the um the Phillies were in New York playing the Yankees and one of their relievers has a pitch and I think he calls it like a slam VO or something. Oh did you I did not that? know that? No. Yeah, I don't I forget what the pitch is now, of course, but now that I brought it up. But yeah, he has like a weird name for one of his pitches. So I don't know. I guess everyone's just making up names now. And if it do it enough, it'll stick. Well, yeah, the, I mean the Mets reliever, what's he got been? The the ghost forkball. Oh, the starter oh, yeah. Cody Sang at a ghost forkball. Yeah, that pitch is legit though. <laughs> I say we just bring back up the screwballs and the knuckleballs and, and just kind yeah. of go from there. Oh, is there in- anyone who actually throws a straight up knuckleball right now? I want to say there is one in the minors, but I could be wrong. But there's no um, one in the majors. Like no. I know a lot of people throw a knuckle curve, but that's not yeah. really. I don't think there's any knucklers in the majors right now. Damn. Um. Yeah, we need another R. A. Dickey or Tim Wake. Yeah, I, there should be like a a timeline of knuckleballers in MLB, and you can see like periods of like when there was or when there was the most or when there was like if there was none, like right now. Yeah, and according to Stack Guy over here, um. An interview with the uh, there's Mickey Janice. He's the only knuckleballer, oh. but he's he was a was that a minor league free agent? It looks like so. I'm not even sure at this point if he's on a team on a roster. Or he, on would a be roster. A, he was last in the majors in 2021. It looks like so. Okay, he might be independent ball right now. Play for the Lancaster Barnstormers, maybe. Yo, if he is, I'm gonna lose it. That would be crazy. That, it is crazy though, because I mean, there was like a time when R.A. Dickey was just straight domination. Oh my with it. gosh! So yeah. we played in the Venezuelan league this past year for a little okay. bit. Oh, Chase, you're in with your league. Um, he was 0 and 4 with a 5.14 ERA. Oh, that's tough. Knuckleball really wasn't knuckling, I guess. And he he had he had one full year in independent ball in 2022. Oh, who was it? He he didn't pitch very much. But in like 45 innings, he had like a 11.57 ERA with one team. It's not great. Damn. Does it say what team it was? It's Chicago. It was the over it. Oh, all right. No, no, no it's uh, the Lake Elsner Storm. Chicago Dogs. Oh, that's a- oh, I actually think I just read a story about them. Oh, my God. Of course. Oh, oh no, my no, 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 never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I conflated that with something else. It was a, a Chicago hockey team, the oh, AHL team it. that's going, uh, like they're, they're not going to have an NHL affiliate next year. Uh, I just conflated the two things. That would have been super funny, though. Yeah. No. Because I was like, why does that kind of sound familiar? A Chicago minor league team, but independent, but yeah. Whatever. Shout out to that minor league Chicago hockey team that's uh, independent now. Going just back to the to the slutter, we kind of got a little off track there. But it's crazy to me that there's... There's only so much you can do, like I thought you could do with a baseball. And the fact that in today's league, like we have at least like two to three new types of pitches this year alone. Like, I don't know if guys are just like, 
I know guys probably mess around all the time, but the fact that there's like actually new pitches still being performed. I mean, I know it's like you have your fastballs and your off off speed pitches, but it's it's crazy. And I guess the slutter's a thing. So all right. Well, on that note, last questions from Dev here. Um, so shout out to Dev for listening to the podcast. Dev, if you're out there, we appreciate you listening, especially this deep into the show. Yeah, and anyone who's still listening at this point in the show, we really appreciate you. Like, yeah. really do. so thank you. We would and, send you something, but we don't have anything to send you. So yeah, just now yeah, we would. Maybe when we got some merch, we'll uh, yeah. we'll send you guys some stuff. Yeah. Um. So or send Dev, us something. I don't know. Let's, let's yeah, we'll find it. something. We'll find yeah. something. We'll get our own trading cards. Yeah. If you have something out. random, just send it to us, and we'll talk about it on the show. Yeah. Or we'll we'll sign something. If anyone wants to send us something to sign, we'll autograph it for you. Yeah. We'll do that too. Yeah. And we I'll take start, a picture. We could start giving away some sports cards as like prizes to things and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I got plenty yeah. of those to give away. So also. Yeah. Let's go to the picture people and take like little kid baseball pictures and then just send those out to <laughs> like, like get dressed up in like a baseball uniform like it's picture day. Like oh, oh yeah. Oh we'll get those taken and then we'll just sign those and send Oh yeah, we're in. I still have my card from when I was like younger. It has like my stats on it, like four foot seven. <laughs> Money, little Pablo. Yeah. All right. So Dev's question here to end it. He asked if we would rather own a green jacket from the Masters winning the Masters or winning a Super Bowl and getting a Super Bowl ring. That's tough. I, I think personally, I would rather win a Masters only because it is there's so many guys in the field each year and it's so unpredictable with the weather and it's a you're doing it all by yourself type of thing for the most part, um, whereas you could get a ring on the NFL roster and do nothing. Yeah, so. true. And the rings in the NFL are like kind of annoying. Like it's not something you can wear all the time. Like it's you... like thirty-one pounds. So your if you win the be cripple. Yeah, if you win the Masters, you're getting. I forget what the purses was this past oh, yeah. year, but it is <laughs> it is a nice payday. So you don't like the rings, but would you rock? I mean, I I personally would choose oh, the Masters jacket yeah. as well. But would you rock the jacket more than the ring? You think? Yeah, I think. I think it's more convenient too. Unless you went ring on the necklace then you could wear it every day but true i mean yeah i mean i'm i'm with ben i mean football is it's a toll and it's physical and at the same time golf is super like probably one of the most mentally hardcore sports just straight by yourself thousands of people standing on either side of you on one of the hardest courses over a hundred golfers that are amazing golfers in the world you know like four times the amount of the football teams in the nfl um i think it's a bigger accomplishment to win the masters i mean the nfl is one of the most physical sports in the world so there's no that's still a very big accomplishment but to do it by yourself on one of the most like physically like mentally difficult sports in golf I'm choosing Masters. Golf season's a lot different than the NFL season, but yeah, you have to play the same exact course four times. And it's, but it's not like a series. It's not like, oh, you have to win three out of four or something, or like you have to win two of them. It's like you got to be leading after you play 72 holes of strenuous golf. Um, the past Masters that just happened, actually, I mean, there was some crazy with the weather, there was some crazy 
oh, you know, yeah. last day, like changes. I mean, Kepka was up for a while. And so just the weather just really took some people back out of it. So there's yeah, so many. The, yeah. Early morning till the night. Yeah. But no, that's a really good question, Dev. Um, I yeah. think that's those questions are kind of cool to something to um, think about and obviously personal preference, but let us, let us know what you guys think yeah. too. Dev, Dev, we want to hear anybody else out listening, hit us up, let us know. Maybe we get um on our social media page. We get a, a vote going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get a, a poll on Instagram for sure. Um, and all right. <laughs> yeah. And remember after underscore further underscore review dot pod is our Instagram. And we'll definitely put a poll up there. Um, see what the viewers think. And we'll let you guys know next podcast what uh what the consensus was. So, um, but we really we really thank you guys. If you guys are still listening, we appreciate you all for listening. Remember, listen to us on Spotify, Apple, and now Amazon Music. Yeah, yeah, no, great show, guys. Episode ten in the books. It it's been a wild show for sure. Touched on a lot of great things, and we're even more excited to start this next chapter of podcast coming up the coming up the next couple of weeks. So overall, great show, boys. Benny, Chase, and Ryan out. Episode 10. Peace.